0: Oh, well, hello, the Internet. Come on in. Have a seat. Take a seat because it's time for today's lesson. It's season 144, episode 3 of The Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is the podcast where we take a deep dive. Excuse me as I burp up my cold brew. Sorry, Dan. Dan. This is the podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness, and we say, officially, off the rip, it's fuck the, fuck, fuck the Koch brothers, fuck Fox News, fuck Rush Limbaugh, Buck Sexton, uh, J.K. Roll, any of them, anybody who's not here uh, for equality and inclusivity, we're not about it, so get the hell on out. It's Wednesday, July 29th, 2020. My name is Miles Gray, a.k.a. Boom, ch 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 okay just so you know that's the that's the instrumental that's still not a player by big pun i don't want to smoke alone no more i don't have covid i just cough a lot but miles still gotta smoke indoors uh thank you so much to matt dick though at matt dick though for that one and also you know what just for good measure you did write the verse so hey i'm still rolling papers bless that be flavored smoking that papa ha see you later i'm gone zeitgeist sweet zeitgeist speaks and the tweets Jack b 10 Without each. I mean, you had that going there. I wish the beat was there so otherwise I just sound like a man busking on the corner. But <laughs> without further ado, allow me to introduce somebody with more talent than I, especially as a vocal performer and comedian and just generally as an entity. It is the one and only scam goddess herself Lacey Mosley.
1: Hey, what's up? Okay, I could not get an AKA in time. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's Lacey Mosley, AKA Scam! Cause robbery and fraud scams robbery and fraud scams Sorry guys, I didn't have time to I did write that, but I didn't have time
0: to You know, are evil, you're evil
2: you're like, I don't,
0: I'm sorry, I don't have, just allow me to just blow the doors off of this building right now. Uh, well, <laughs> even when, even in a panic, you're still coming up with the best thing I could ever think of with three hours of, of preparation. Um, I
1: need to stop panicking. I feel like I'm doing that a lot. lately. Like,
0: yeah, when really just trust the force, trust in your own abilities. That's really the lesson today. Uh. Lacey, please help me welcome today's guest. Somebody who has been on the show numerous times, but it's been far too long. Somebody who I'm always like, man, bro, I was. Just wanna hang out with this dude more? Please help me welcome it's... the hilarious and talented Noah Garden
3: Swords. Thank you so much for having me. Wonderful to be back. I'm not gonna try aka after Lacey just hit the vocals yeah. like that. I'll just say happy to be back. Wonderful to be here with both of you.
0: Yes, yes and congrats Noah. on your new family as well. I realize your your son Beautiful. was born in the during Yeah, the I'll be
3: Noah aka New Dad. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We, yes. we just had,
3: had a baby boy daddy? two months ago.
0: Okay. And how was uh? Did you have the bris yet? How when do you have the bris?
3: Yeah, we had the bris. Uh, you typically have the bris on the eighth day. We had to wait until the tenth day because he was borderline jaundice, and like everything Whoa. has to be medically cleared. So we just yeah. had to get his levels down a little bit. And it was the new frontier. You know, everyone's been doing the Zoom bris. Normally, it's it's a big to do with all the family and friends. You have right. a whole a lot of people. We actually just had me, my wife, uh, the Moyle. And then my sister lives in New York and Esther's mother drove up from Florida to be here for the first two weeks. So there were just the five of us. Oh, dope, very exclusive. We we recorded it and sent it out to some of the family to watch like on a YouTube link.
0: How many people get the the Brist link? Like how big is that invite circle? Well, we sent
3: uh, the link out to probably 25 people just because I have a huge family. I mean, right. we definitely weren't sending in and out to a lot of people. But just and your family.
0: family's like heavy in the rabbinic game, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, correct? Yeah, yeah, I have
3: a pretty observant family. So a yeah. lot of them were anxious to see the ceremony. Not, nah, we didn't do a close-up on the actual cutting okay, of, the, okay. of
0: the foreskin. <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah. And, you, Esther,
1: didn't <laughs> yeah. you didn't
3: give them angles? You didn't give them angles? No, what's funny was For a funny second is, screen experience. No, you know what? My wife, Esther, actually set up the camera where like... Like the angle was unfortunately kind of right on it, but she oh. did some clever editing where, like, the speeches Cutaways. and the actual ceremony uh, was done, and then she did, and then she did a star swipe screen cutaway on the, on the actual on the actual cutting. Oh, Esther's That's
1: killing cute. it! That's good editing. Yeah, was, yeah. I love it. Yeah. Well,
0: no, we're gonna get to know a little bit more about you, even better, yeah, even more, even deeper into who you are. But let's just talk a little bit, give them a preview about what's on the show docket today going to talk about Bill Barr, the attorney general, you know, he's, uh, supposed to speak to the, uh, you know, to Congress on Tuesday to talk about you know what the fuck is going on with all these federal group goons in the street. Uh, we'll talk about what you know, uh, just nonsense and outright lies we will be saying there. Uh, then we'll have to get into a little bit about what is going on with Trump and the Republican Party. Just some interest, uh, the, the the desperation is is there. We're just not sure what to make of it quite yet. Uh, then we'll also talk about you know, in honor of the scam goddess, uh, somebody who finessed a PPP loan um, and and secured. Uh, some luxury items with that loan, as well as, uh, you know, a one percenter Coachella that went down in the Hamptons, because uh, that was uh, wild, just visual to even look at. But first, before we get into all of that, Noah, what's something from your search history that's revealing about who you are?
3: Well, the last thing I searched uh, was the definition of the word auspicious, because mm-hmm. we were watching Indian Matchmaker. If you haven't seen on Netflix, it's yep. a pretty dope watch. And they kept on saying matches had auspicious timing. And I think a lot of people confuse auspicious with suspicious and think that it has a negative connotation, but it's actually a good thing. And so I thought that, but I just wanted to make sure. So I guess that'll let you know that I like to have my vocab correct.
0: Exactly. Especially there's no half-stepping with their vocab. Have you seen... um, Wait, Lacey, you said you had already watched the entire series, right? Well, which one? Indian Matchmaking?
1: Oh, yes, I devoured
0: it. I still have like five to go, uh, but I'm, I just, I I love it. What did you think of Houston's very own Aparna? Aparna?
3: That was rough, man. But but you know what? Here's what I'll say. Mm. After a few episodes, it became abundantly clear to me that Aparna's mom was the problem, not so much Aparna. Because as soon as they got her mom out the way and she met with the astrologist and she started taking the matchmaker's advice to heart and just kind of doing her own thing. She definitely had a positive shift in her attitude. And then when you could see the way her mom would speak about the matches or even about her own life, you could tell that she was putting a lot of pain from her yeah. past on a partner and ruining the whole thing.
0: Yeah. That's what's interesting yeah. too. And in, in a way it's almost like therapy. Cause I'm sure for a lot of kids who have like, you know, overbearing parents or Asian parents, immigrant parents who, you know, try very hard to get you to this country to get a good life for you. Then there's like this secondary thing of like I cannot let my parents down no matter what. And then yeah, and you begin to see that. Had that. Yeah.
1: Aparna had that. But also Aparna was just like sometimes her like specifics that she wanted for people. She I was, was hurting. like, girl, you just hate happiness? She was hurting. She, she was hurting. Like, I don't want a guy who's right. funny. Like, She's why are you hurting. trying to make jokes? Right. I don't want to laugh. She's hurting. I was like, what you mean?
0: When she said that, I was like, <laughs> You are hurting. You're hurting.
1: Yeah. She was like hurting a lot, and also like, baby girl, traveling is not a personality. Like, how you do? Like every five minutes, she was like, "I've been to forty countries. I've been." And then then had be nothing like, but
3: bad stuff to say about everywhere she traveled. She loved to travel, but also hated everywhere
0: she traveled to. Yeah. Oh wow. And she's
1: like, "I've been to Bali. It's hated ass. it."
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: You're so right. She hated everywhere she went, and then she would say very specific niche things. Like I can't remember. She said she wanted to go. Have you like, ever been to Bruges God, she...
0: in Belgium? It's so ghetto.
1: Right, like she was what? like, "I want to go see the flamingos in this one very specific river. You don't know about it. Yeah,
3: no, she was. Flamingo she river? was horrified that someone didn't know. I think about like the salt deposits in Bolivia or something. Yes. Uh,
0: I mean <laughs> that's what it was. Facts, though, really though. If you don't know, like, why are we even? Why are we even on this date? Right. That's why I give them oh, one hour. I go to the check, perfect please. wine bar. I go to the perfect wine bar. They're setting up the table. They're Tearing down the restaurant within 45 minutes. Da, da, da. Yeah, that was a it was an interesting watch, but I would die to
1: lots of guards up. Uh, but you know what that's actually interesting. I might take that from her though as what, like Find a I'm spot that a closes date. like
0: that. Oh, yeah.
3: yeah. The, no, the time, that one, I was actually like, no, she's on to something there. Because if the date's going right. well, you can go somewhere after where it's closing. But exactly. if it's not, you're like, all and right, well, guess we got to get out yep. of here. But this was not And if it's
1: trash, here. they start to turn the lights off as soon as you arrived. Right. So.
0: right. <laughs> you're like, oh, damn, something's going on. Uh, Noah, what's something that you think is overrated? Okay, this is controversial.
3: <gasps> mm-hmm. Ooh. I've recently discovered Dr. Seuss is hella overrated. In having oh. to read the children's <laughs> book to my bait. let me tell you something mm-hmm. one fish two fish red fish blue fish is trash wow. trash i did de- listen are the original books. listen no dr wow. seuss has hits he's got hits i'm not trying to take away some of his great ones but everyone just knows the one fish two fish red fish blue fish i defy anyone to read all 30 to 40 pages of that book out loud to yourself your friends or your child and not be like this is
0: garbage. Wait, there's more than just that one page that says one fish, two fish, exactly. red fish, blue That's fish? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Oh, Wait, what they be
1: saying? What's, oh. what's the rest of it? Oh, <laughs> I've never like, heard anything else.
0: Do you have
3: a zoink? Go get a yoink. How much <laughs> zoink can a yoink? Go boink. It's just like, it's gibberish and lazy writing.
0: Oh, so, man. I'm
3: sticking But listen, I'm sticking He was on it. a
0: wave. He was on a wave, you know, like he was just writing that shit. They're like, right. I mean, it's going off. The kids are loving he
1: it. He was the Shakespeare of our time.
3: Come
0: on now, one fish, two
1: fish, red fish,
3: blue (laughs) fish. I'm saying he's allowed to rest on his laurels of a good catch title. No one's reading the entire anthology and realizing how lazy the book got.
0: I don't think I've ever. I remember even as a kid getting tired of it. Like, maybe Green Eggs and Ham is the only one I've read all the way That's through because I can kind of remember what it was about. Everything else, I'm like, yo, this is just some look, shit. He,
3: and he's we got. We made I think Green his, Eggs and Ham. Green Eggs and Ham as bars. I think I forget the title I think thing. It's like the Sneeches and the Starbelly Fish or something. That was all Oh, like metaphor yeah, Starbelly Sneeches. Yeah. yeah. And like, so he's got mm-hmm. some heat. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying right. as a whole he presents no value, but I'm saying right. he's overrated.
0: If you look at the whole, yeah. Because right now you sound a little bit like Lil Xan when he said Tupac was overrated. Uh, right. And those Which... kids pressed him at the Del Taco and Cerritos. <laughs> I don't know if
3: you saw that video. It was like Lil Xan. No, but I'll <laughs> ride harder for Tupac than I yeah.
0: would for Dr. No, Sue. but I just, I just, like in the beginning, the vibe of, of uh, Lacey and I were like, ah, Dr. Su- oh, okay, somebody better let him know. Well, you know
1: what? I will say this. Like, Dr. Zeus was getting the coins, right? So he had the popping books. But sometimes, you know, when you're getting coins to just crank out a book every now and then, you got to crank out some mid at some point.
0: Right. I mean, there's
1: truly a song that's put on a happy face by uh, Destiny's Child. And I listened to it the other day in the car and realized that I think they just didn't write the song. Like, Mm. it's like, I'm breathing, I'm grateful, so put on a happy face. They have, like, a good chorus, and then everything else is, like, people on the beat. Like, Kelly Rowland comes on, she's like, it's me. (laughs) And (laughs) And that's it. I was like, where's (laughs) the song at? And then Michelle comes on, she's like, everything's gonna be all right. Everything's gonna be okay. And I was like, no one wrote this song. But you (laughs) know that
3: they couldn't give
0: Michelle the it's me lyric, because no one would know who it was. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh. Is she okay? I feel like Kelly... I mean, I always hear about Kelly. You know, I just... Tanitra?
1: Tanitra is doing just fine. Oh, right. I mean, not
0: Tanitra. Okay, yeah. Well, everybody.
1: That's Kelly... That's uh Michelle's real name is Tanitra.
0: It really? It is?
1: Yes. They took oh. that girl name away because they said her name was too ghetto. They all wow. got a the names. Uh Beyonce, Calandria, and Tanitra. Yeah. That's Destiny's Child. See what I
0: happens. They it. Ellis, they so Ellis come, Islanded their and names. Be,
3: wait, Beyonce is the only one that got to stay... Got to
0: Beyonce, of course. And
1: her name is literally a last name that her mama like judged up. The last name is Beyonce, and then she made it Beyonce. Wow.
0: You know what, Tina? Dude, you know what, Tina? All right, there needs to be a Tina Tina's Knowles a name generator. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Like you put your name in, and she then it gets names. and it gets Tina Knowlesified. Uh, you Honestly, know what? Somebody, somebody Solange? build that. Yeah. Ooh, Solange Selectives. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that shampoo. (laughs) Um, No, what is something that you think is underrated?
3: Okay, here's something very, uh, probably specific to me, but underrated was having a child during a global pandemic. A lot of people assumed that it was going to be horrible when they heard that we were pregnant or expecting. But honestly, I have all day, every day to be home with my newborn, and I'm getting that quality time with my baby that I never otherwise would have gotten or had to fight for paternity leave that might not have been given to me. So this has been the one blessing in disguise of this entire situation.
0: Because between Yay. like working on shows or gigging on the road and stuff, what it had yeah. had this not happened, how much time did you foresee you having with your son?
3: Uh, I don't. I mean, I would have. I would have. Or blocked both of you, because your
0: wife is also a right. comedian as well. I
3: would. I would have blocked off a few months of not doing the road. Like that's yeah, fine. For I sure. could turn down the road, but um, as far as being in the writer's room, I would have been in there probably nine to six every day. And so, based on his hours of sleeping, I might have got home for bath time and putting him to bed. But I really. Would not have had a lot of great time with him, and now yeah. I honestly, the understanding I have of him, I understand what he needs and wants when he cries, based on the different pitches. The communication is on point. He smiles oh, when he sees yes. me because he knows me so well. It's just been a blessing.
0: Yeah. Oh,
1: no, you better take time to be a dad. Yeah, like okay. that, like yeah.
0: those PSAs we were just talking about that yesterday. <laughs> have you been? Have you we taken were. time to be a dad today? He's taking all the time. That's
1: how you know fatherhood is a scam because even knowing you saying like fighting for paternity leave, like that shouldn't be a thing, like, there absolutely should just be paternity leave for men in this country. But we really have scammed this country into believing that women are the only people who need to take care of their children or who even want to. To the point where it's
0: confusing to companies, like, why would we give the man time to go take care of the child? Yeah, what do you mean, huh? No, anyway. But that pandemic
3: fatherhood, yeah, that pandemic fatherhood is hitting. So if the bubonic plague seems to be on the rise again and you're in a good relationship, maybe take off that condom and go for it.
0: (laughs) 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 Knuckle down and be there for the the shorties. Uh, What's like one of the first lessons you learned like as a dad? You know, like I feel like I was just even babysitting like or watching my niece over the weekend and I had like instant realizations about like things, gears you have to shift mentally to to make this thing work. Fatherhood, parenthood.
3: uh, I mean, I, I think the proof will be in the putting down the road. But one thing I'm doing that I think will pay dividends is I don't baby talk to him. I speak to him in complete yes. sentences. I speak to him as Like a adult. goddamn I, man. Yeah, I use, this, <laughs> I, I use this voice when I speak to him, no matter what I'm talking about. And so unless I'm reading that bullshit one fish, two fish. But, uh, <laughs> then you're like, but,
2: one fish, two fish. <laughs> but no, I
3: already, I already feel like he's going to be uh, very communicative and that his verbal is going to be on point. See, yeah.
1: I, although i do feel like you've been disrespecting dr seuss to your baby which a- no well that's the thing
3: i still i still <laughs> like, read in the this books is trash. i still <laughs> read in the books
0: right right uh that is something though yeah i realized i think like even my parents wouldn't baby talk like just straight shooting mm-hmm. like if you had a question like what's drugs or like which ones and i'm like right. oh okay well i'm not ready for this conversation i will come back when i have a more specific answer. But, but yeah, right. I think there's also we
3: the thing I learned early on. I wish I would have had my core more on point because my lower back is already on fire just from bending over, picking up this little 15 pound baby all the time. And if get I those reps tightened in. up a little bit before he arrived, yeah. I think I'd be in a slightly better physical
0: shape. Yeah. Now you doing-
1: can use him as a weight now. Yeah. I
0: have <laughs> yeah. no choice. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Esther
3: Esther's doing 15 pound baby squats with him to try to get back.
0: There you go. Oh, it's so just start cute. doing some high-intensity interval training with your baby, just as like a new kettlebell, you know? Yeah, it all not?
1: He seems like a quiet baby, too. My sister was very colicky. We're 13 years apart, and she is only alive today because of Law & Order SVU. Because there was an episode about shaken baby syndrome, <laughs> oh, and right. I was like, oh, you can't shake the baby, it'll kill it. They okay, us... that's the only reason she's alive. Wait, because
0: you were about to baby. shake the baby? And only I was because like,
1: shake the hell out of my sister. <laughs>
0: <laughs> she, would, she would
1: just scream for hours on end about nothing. Right. She would be changed, I, I hair laid.
0: Shout fed. out to SVU. Yeah, but you're saying because you, as a child, had witnessed SVU, you're like, ah, actually, that's off the table.
1: Mariska Harkate saved my sister's life. Wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's lovely.
1: Because she she could scream for hours. She's got lungs on her. Right. And I would just be like, because like at the time we were staying in a hotel, I was babysitting her every day. Our house was being built in Texas. And so I was just like in a hotel room with her all day and she'd just be screaming for nothing.
0: Wow. Like, Ugh. Didn't you tell her that all the time? You're like, you came this close. You came this close. <laughs> if it went from Mariska Hargitay That's why Mariska uh. is
3: the highest paid actress on TV. She's literally yeah. she out here saving lives. Yeah. But yeah,
0: like, now, Moses- I was 13. Moses is chill. He's Honestly, he eats a lot, but unless he's hungry, he's cool. Right. Um, finally, Noah, what's a myth? What's something people think is true, you know, to be false or vice versa?
3: Well, I don't know that a lot of people think it's true, but I'll say based on stories and tweets that have been servicing over the last few weeks, I would like to attack the myth head on that white Jews are fake Jews that stole the identity of the original Israelites. And I'm not even here <laughs> to take away Judaism no. or identity from anyone else. I'm not here to say that the original Israelites were white, because we all know that they weren't. The original Israelites mm-hmm. and Hebrews were absolutely black or brown. Um, but I, as an Ashkenazi Jew, am not here as a result of identity theft. Right. I, right. I, right, I, right. I am also truly a Jew. That was more the result of diaspora and expulsion that
0: led into Europe. Yeah.
1: I like the way that you phrase this, because...
0: <laughs> you mean, what? You know, I was going to say, Noah, you man, know. you're not going to be able to go to a barbershop with that talk, man.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: Hotep, yeah, peak this hotep. is peak Hotep. Yeah.
1: Okay, we were a real Hebrew Israelite. Yeah. Like this is like
0: Nick Kendrick Cannon got Lamar, caught out Nick there. Nick Cannon, <laughs> yeah, it's
3: it's getting hot out there.
0: Yeah, it's but really something else, you,
1: girl. That's why you got your period. Like very Hotep, <laughs> it's top peak Hotep.
0: Yeah, it's um, it's it. Very many interesting conversations had to be had. I know people who work at the radio station where Nick Cannon records his show at. I used to work there, at Power One Hundred Six, mm. and you know I saw some people defending him, and I'm like, what are you doing exactly? And they're like, well, well, like him as a person, like he's good to me. And I'm like, but the thing you have to understand is what he said on his face is just, just bold anti semitism. Like, no matter what. Well, the thing is, I'm
3: not, I'm not even coming for Nick specifically. And, not and even that. Is, I'm just, and, yeah, right. It, but like all the statements that have been coming out when it started with Deshaun Jackson's repost of a fake Hitler quote, it's like, right. I can't speak for every Jew, but I know I was never bothered or offended by the idea that the original Hebrews were black. I don't think anyone was arguing that or upset by that. I was offended by the idea that the identity was then stolen by white Jews who are using the Hebrew identity to dominate the world through a Zionist global agenda. And I'm like, now you're just talking tinfoil
0: hat shit. Right, right, right. Yeah.
1: I will say, though, I think that in polarizing times we do start to see, like, our Jewish brothers and sisters kind of come back out of the woodwork, because I won't lie. I do. I have felt at times, I want to p- articulate this in a way that's clear and not offensive, but, like, some minorities have been able to not be minorities at times. Oh, sure. Whereas I've never had the privilege to do that.
3: Absolutely.
1: Um, and so I think that some of the things that they're saying comes from this animosity of, like, oh, we're not allowed to not ever be minorities. Like, you know what I mean? But it's articulated in a horrible way, and it's very anti-Semitic, and it's not even accurate, which is why it's so embarrassing to see so many people defending it, because I think where their real angst comes from is that and not from
3: white Jewish people stealing identities. Yeah, I mean, I I will say this. I don't think there's any question that both racism and and anti-Semitism exists, and I also don't think there's any question that it's more difficult to be black in America and arguably in the world than it is to be Jewish in America. So um, there's a lot of layers to this discussion. I'll also say that I think the Jewish community could have been better over several decades of not resting on the, we March with King in the 1960s, so we're always... like. There's absolutely ways that the Jewish community in general could have been better allies over the years and over the decades with the black community, not to say that there aren't Jews or the Jewish community that has consistently been on that. Like, I would like to think that I have always um, been a good ally to the black community, but I'm just one person. But but that is a separate discussion from the idea that white jews aren't jews at all like right we're talking about two different things they're conflating right there's there's absolutely validity to what you were saying and i think frustrations boil over and then discussions bleed into each other and things get Mm -hmm. said that have nothing to do with each other but in terms of the myth i'm trying to dispel i'm trying to get rid of the myth that white jews are fake jews
0: yeah and i think even with a lot of the times where people were coming out with those just those conspiracy theories Uh, And then when they had to realize, they're like, oh, right, what I said is dangerous and bad. Actually, I don't mean that. Then there was a secondary effect where people were like, why are you letting these white people silence you? And then there was like, there was another level of not examining what was being said. And like this whole thing was being reduced to like, you see what happens when you speak the truth. Right. And that's that's when "Mm, it becomes like
3: a snake eating its tail where it's like, okay, Right. You say Jews control the media, then you get in trouble by Jews or in the in the media, and all of a sudden Jews look bad for calling out anti-Semitism just because they're using the media to call out the anti-Semitism that was spread yeah. through it. So it's like damned if you do, damned if you don't.
1: Well, obviously, also I think that what people forget is is that anti-Semitism and the whispers of Jewish people having control and power are literally what sent Germany into the Holocaust so it's like hate speech is so dangerous and and, and you can't uh, get upset with people for silence stopping it immediately because it's killed people right. it's, it's been so dangerous but I think and- people don't
0: want to look at it as like oh me saying that is actually anti-semitism I think it's like a very narrow way to preserve your ego to be like what I said is facts and therefore what mm-hmm. you can take from that I'm not gonna I'm not interested in the nuance of what I said That's what i said
3: right and and deeper than that i will say a lot of jewish people aren't even educated on jewish history to the point where like anytime anti-semitism arises jewish people are always holocaust 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 but the truth is there's been uh anti-semitism that has hurt jewish people based on economic anti-semitism or the rumors of trying to dominate or control things since the beginning of european civilization and so it's like it's been happening for way longer than before 1940 Yeah, right and so that's exactly. where it gets dangerous. There's a historical precedent going back to the 800, 900, 1200, 1400 where Jews were expelled from countries or attempted to be genocided over the thought that they were controlling finances or, you know, the media or resources of the time. So right. That that's where it gets historically dangerous, but that being said, uh it it's a tough time. A lot of people are frustrated and there's a lot of misdirected frustration and anger, and I understand. Yes. That yeah.
1: And also just because anti-blackness is pervasive. So, you know, I think a lot of that is just reactionary behavior from people who don't understand that they're talking about two completely different things. Um, And it's really disappointing, though. I love that Nick Cannon apologized. I know you weren't speaking specifically about him, but his apology felt very sincere. I loved it.
3: I loved Mm -hmm. it. Honestly, it was like I wasn't sitting around waiting for an apology from anyone, but Mm -hmm. I thought that his... apology was incredibly authentic, sincere. I was moved by it. I appreciated it. And uh, and all I'll say to kind of wrap up the subject, because I don't want to dominate the show with this topic, but I will say that one thing I've been very outspoken for is it's incredibly important that Jewish people out there don't use this as an excuse not to continue to support the black community in their fight for equality. I, I think it's really, really important now more than ever that Jews double down on their allyship, support Black Lives Matter, Support black causes and continue to build that relationship as opposed to letting this be a bridge that burns down absolutely, right.
1: and also we're not a monolith like we're not all hoteps like yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. So, so, so yeah so
3: i also loud. I also don't think the things that have been said are representative of the popular black community's thoughts, but the right. the but reason it's, an, it's kind it's of there. amplified is there's it's being said by a lot of black people who have large platforms over the last few weeks. It's just intensified with black celebrities coming out and saying
0: it's a, it's a wild how many like old hip hop people I've had to put down because of that. I'm like, damn, Pete rock. I, I guess I will just reminisce over you now. Uh, how you right, used I'm like, to be. You are
1: embarrassing uh,
0: you're
1: embarrassing us. You're embarrassing us. But also, I want to say, Noah, that's actually, uh to just cap this, Um, when people offend a specific group or, you know, anyone, it's never the responsibility of people who are their fans or whoever to, like, accept their apology. So the fact that you said you read his apology and you thought it was sincere, to me, means more than me thinking that because I wasn't the person who was sure. offended. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah so
0: yeah see
3: oh, yeah. all
0: Look good at
3: moving forward and positivity uh, and love
0: well yeah and yes! i think that's what that's really what's going on i think it just shows how fraught the whole environment is and how tense everything is and there's because it's palpable i mean the the, the aside from the financial economic and existential risks that have already existed that are only being exacerbated by the pandemic now they're att- we're attempting to have some kind of reckoning with white supremacy and systemic racism in the country on top of like a thing where we're like, what's gonna happen in the election? Is this gonna be some kind of total fuck fest? What what is going to happen? We just don't know. So yeah, it's uh very tense times, which is why we all gotta just take a second. And remember, you know, we all got we're all on the same team. Most Amen. of the time. Most Amen. of the time. Yeah. Most of the time. I would say actually most of the yeah, 99% of the time. Unless you're in that one percent. Okay. Let's take a quick break, and we're going to be right back and get into some stories. And we're back, and I uh, just want to check in with Attorney General Bill Barr, fuck boy in chief, uh, when it comes to meddling in the American legal system to protect the president and his allies. So, um, you know, he had to go to Capitol Hill Tuesday. Uh, because he has some explaining to do as lawmakers wanted to know what was going on with this federal response to protests. Um, and I think based on now, as we record this, we haven't actually heard his remarks, but his prepared remarks were released by the uh, D- Justice Department. So we do have an idea of what his testimony is going to be again. They're really curious to know what is going on in Portland and these other cities. You have people hopping out of unmarked vans, snatching people up, shooting people, blinding them, maiming them. It just seems completely out of out of control and actually antithetical if you're trying to establish order, because all it seems to be doing is riling people up more. So what is actually going on? I think most cynical people are saying this is just propaganda. So Trump has some visuals to be like, you see, you see who cleans up the streets? Little Dunny. But this is what uh, an idea of what he's going to say, based on his prepared remarks, um, that Barr will dec- decry the violence taking place in Portland and other cities, claiming that they are disconnected from the death of George Floyd, which he described, quote, as a horrible event. Um, he then simultaneously undermines the message of racial justice demanded by protesters in written remarks by saying that although Floyd's death was a quote shocking event end quote the police killing um, the police killing of as he puts it. Quote, unarmed black men is quote fortunately quite rare end quote that's what so
1: he, he's we're just lying now we just yeah. we just we're not even gonna I, try to do facts no more that's
0: just so next level that's some next level bullshit. Uh, you know fortunately <sighs> the the killing of un, unarmed black men is fortunately quite rare uh that there isn't so
1: chill and it inex- never happens there's
0: not just an inexhaustible list of Vi- uh, victims of police violence. Okay, and then as he goes on, uh, that he he goes on to rebuke the demonization of police and suggest that crime rates increase when communities quote turn on their police because that makes police more quote risk averse and crime rates soar. So. Not only So let's just, I guess, take it apart piece by piece. First, he's going to say that the protesters are disconnected from the death of George Floyd. That is complete nonsense. I mean, maybe you can say very specifically, are they there exactly for George Floyd and actually not to hold their own police department accountable for the untold atrocities that they've committed? I think either one. But it's still the sentiment is still the same, that people are there for justice, racial justice. Right. They're Uh, playing
3: semantics. They're there for the social cause that led to things like George Floyd's death happening, even if they're not there directly protesting George Floyd.
0: Exactly. And I guess that's one way to, again, delegitimize what's happening. Uh, And then saying that, yeah, that this, that it's, even if it's shocking, that it's a rare event. That is a that's just completely disingenuous. I think there's plenty uh of information out there that would say otherwise. Um but yeah, this is kind of what is being done to a I think for people who just watch at home and might not be as connected to the issues that are going on and they see his words, they might think that because the way he's going to put it is that there are anarchists and outside agitators who are actually doing this rather than trying to actually Let people know that the situation is so bad that these people have been in the streets for 50, 60 plus days uh, protesting because they know that there is a terrible, terrible problem in this country. And that's what they're trying to avoid with this kind of shit.
1: And just to illustrate this with numbers, let's just pick one city, New York City, right? Um, Black people, 73 percent of the shooting victims are black in New York City. And black people only make up 24% of the population. So the fact that he even tried to say that we don't have a problem, like I'm just so tired of being gaslit by racists. Like we all know what's happening here. And the thing that really is infuriating about Trump is, is that racists and evil ass white people used to at least try to tell the truth or some sort of semblance of the truth. But now it's just like everyone is fully willing to go to court or go anywhere and just make things up. It's like yeah. you don't even have to prepare because you're going to sit down and just make things up. Donald Trump lies so much that we literally have so many fact checkers who can't even keep up in with the, tens the lies. Of thousands.
0: Yeah, now. And I think, you know, this is the thing. It's... They have to try and scare people out of this idea that we need reform within our legal system and our law enforcement. That's the, that's the biggest thing, because the more that this just becomes about what's the federal government doing, the less we're talking about. We actually really, really need to sit down and think about how we're spending our money, how we're policing neighborhoods, how we're just describing poverty as crime rather than calling poverty poverty and saying we need to address poverty or lack of access, rather than just saying, it's criminal. And that's why I need police. And hey, watch out, because look, if you're if you're black and brown people get too upset about how they're brutalized, and they start protesting, that's going to make police, you know, upset. And then you know, they they might not actually want to help anybody. And then so you know, then crime rates are going to go up. It's well, just I really mean, dark.
3: It's, it's all language politics. And it's been that way since the idea of defund the police started kind of trending as popular because they were They knew damn well that defund the police meant reallocating the money that was going to police to use Mm -hmm. other social platforms or social services to help in other ways. But they were painting it as just a picture of take money away, get rid of the police, and then there will be no one to help.
0: Right. And and they
3: know exactly what they're doing. They're just playing with the language of it to scare people who aren't going to do the research or don't know any better.
0: It happens in every community. The same. And we talked about
1: this. Mm-hmm. We talked about this yesterday. America was built on slavery, and frankly, it doesn't work without slavery. I mean, we've seen during this pandemic how our economy has fallen apart because everything is people being paid slave wages or the police helping to incarcerate black and brown people so that they can work for basically free. Like, mm-hmm. and it just— The society in these people's minds doesn't function without exploiting black and brown bodies. So they're going to try to fight as hard as they can for the police because they use the police to gerrymander. So, I mean, they use prisons to gerrymander so that they can, you know, equate, like, more power in cities that are heavily white ring and Republican. Like, they use the police to incarcerate black and brown folks so that they can work for nothing. It's just... It's so exhausting because they know exactly what they're doing, and at least they used to hide it better.
0: <laughs> it's well, <laughs> this is well, why Let me you ask know. you
3: this Would you prefer they hit it? Like, it's disgusting in either way, but would you rather it
0: be out in the open or hidden? I mean, that's that's the <sighs> gag, isn't it? Because part of you is like, Which form of racism do I prefer? right? I mean, it's,
3: it's so it's Sophie's choice. It's two horrible choices like, that you shouldn't I have to do? choose. You shouldn't have to choose between, but I guess. If the question is, would you rather it be hidden or out in the front so at least a few people can wake up to what's happening, which is preferable?
0: I mean, I think the I th- the lazy version to say I prefer when they didn't do it. But I think deep down, it's it's better when people are just out with it because you can be like, OK, miss me with that shit. And also like, right, if, if you say
1: it with your chest, is this an I order of say smoke? it with your chest? OK,
0: Racism. I, I can bring that to your doorstep. But the thing, yeah. you know, one I think one order of smoke, please. Yeah, one order. I'll have three <laughs> smokes, please, for my daughter and my wife.
1: <laughs> Anybody else? Would anyone else like a smoke? Like I'm ordering smoke
0: and a refill on their <laughs> smoke. Okay, just making sure. I got a lot of tables today. Got a lot of tables. Um, you know, the <laughs> I think because also the, because of a lot of the influence of like overt white supremacy that, that it's, it's sort of waning or the symbols are going down. It's inspiring more people to get more aggressive with it because they realize it's a guy keeps saying it's like the fourth quarter right now. It's like, okay, you got, you can't just be in your house thinking that the okay. other races are going to do it. If you also are down for this like white supremacist utopia, then you got, you got to go out there too with your stars and bars. And that's kind of what you're seeing now. Like they're the counter protests are getting like a little more coordinated than they were before when it was just all BLM marches and things like that. You're starting to see that, again there're just there are white people who are also invested in a version of this country where it's it's business as usual from like about the 40s and like let's stop progress around there yeah. uh,
1: right i mean that's that old joke that we used to a lot of comedians have said we're we've been i don't know if you guys have been in this position but uh i have definitely been in the position where i was talking to white people and they were like if there was a time period that you could go back to like what would be your vibe like right. i would definitely go to the 20s like 1920s <laughs> and it's like bitch i wouldn't go to no past i'm yeah. trying to go to the future it's bad right. for me here
0: I'll go to honda <laughs> can i go to the marvel can i go to the marvel cinematic
1: universe Right. But that's why Make America Great Again was (laughs) such an excellent brand date because it was like, we're going to put all the browns back in their places, guys. We're going to put the browns in their places, the Jews, the gays, the disabled. We're going to suppress everyone like we used to.
3: Well, I mean, now you understand why Mad Men was such a popular show. Right. So many white families could just watch it and realize (sighs) how it used to
0: be. They're like, honey, like I remember wish you'd back dress in the day like we that. could get
1: drunk at work and harass our secretary. Why don't you wear
0: an apron, honey? Uh, so you know the other thing. Let's just talk a little bit about Trump. One stupid petty lie that came out is you know Dr. Fauci threw out the pitch at, uh, for the Nationals, and that apparently set off a wave of conspiracies. I've even heard from uh, inside knowledge that just QAnon people were even getting swept up the the, the man on the receiving end of Dr. Fauci's pitch. Uh, that it was all like a whole thing was some kind of conspiracy, whatever. Uh, But people were like, I think obviously he's been somewhat of a a positive figure throughout this pandemic. Mm -hmm. And Trump could not stand any of that shit. And he was basically saying like, you know, well, I'm going to be throwing out the first pitch at Yankee stadium. Uh, You know, he said he was like, he's really good friends with, uh, you know, uh, the team over at the Yankees. And he had been offered, you know, in the past to open out the, uh, throw the opening pitch. And this, ma- so he went out there and really said, he's like, yeah, so I'm going to be throwing it out. No one knew this. The Yankees didn't even know this. So, like, what are you talking about? His aides had to like scramble to try and be like, yeah, so uh, the president wants to throw out the first pitch. And they're like, uh, what? Then like over the, like a couple days later, Trump is like, because of my strong focus on the China virus, including scheduled meetings on vaccines, our economy and much else. I won't be able to be in New York to throw out the opening pitch for the Yankees on August
3: 15th. So, even so, first of all, even in recovering from his lie, he had to get racist with it. Yeah. Like the first line right. of his excuse for not going to the Channelverse. Yep. Yeah,
0: ex- yeah, this is
1: also, girl, you don't even go here. Yeah. You were not invited. That's just like this year, I turned down my Emmy nomination. Right. Because right. Yeah. I definitely got one today. Right. Like, what?
0: <laughs> I want somebody else to get some shine. Uh, I want somebody
1: else to get some Emmys, okay? It ain't all about me.
0: You are such a kind goddess. Uh, What would we do without (laughs) your kindness? What? But yeah, it is it is a weird, it definitely has that whole, it's so juvenile, that kind of lying. Like, I haven't seen that since like high school of that kind of thing where it's like, it's like, and also it's the kind of lies that used to be the plot of like a teen sitcom in the 90s.
3: I, I forget which sporting event it was last year. It might've been the World Series where they showed Trump and he got booed yeah. heavily. Mm-hmm. And I think there's also a chance that maybe the Yankees might've been even trying to work it out with him. And then his team was like, uh, by the way. If yeah, you do this. They're gonna boo the shit out of you. you know, I, I guess people wouldn't
0: have been there. There's no crowd, right? So they would still, I think, find a way yeah. for the speakers. Boo- yeah, right. The, pump right. Some booze in over we the speakers.
1: Would, we would bring some booze in, okay? <laughs> Even if we have to use them, like stock <laughs> stock booms, <laughs> but, stock booms. Yeah, but
3: I mean, the man's the man's ego knows no limits,
0: and it's getting no bad limit. because you know I, we all know people whose egos have gotten in the way of them succeeding or actually their egos have actually made their problems worse for them because of an inability to let go of this very like self-centered, I must protect my, the perception people have of me because that's more important than what I experiences on the in, experience on the inside as a human being, dot, 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 whatever. Um, And it it's getting to the point where you can start to see how far he's going. Like it every day, it's some kind of escalation on things that we never thought we would be talking about, but here we are. And I think there's no way for us to cease To be surprised by anything we're seeing, like I think we always have to steel ourselves to be like it's going to. I can't. I can't imagine him dialing it back.
3: Yeah, like that's right. It's it's unfortunate to already be mentally preparing for this, or even for the government or the armed forces to put a a plan in place. But there's zero percent chance this man honors the election results if he doesn't win.
0: It's that no, or
2: absolutely not. the only
0: other way, right? Because I know people who are like big time ego ego people who will never take an L publicly. They do the thing they they quit. They rage quit. Shut off the they get Madden there. game
3: in the fourth quarter exactly. they're getting
0: blown out. So that's it. It's in the it's in the it's in the wheelhouse. It's in the quiver of that kind of person. But I just don't know with this. Like that's such a big L to take publicly like that. Like it'll be hard to spin that in your own mind. Like you can do that with the homies because you can just smash the Xbox and run out the room. But with this, i would be like, yeah, I'm actually quitting because fuck the haters. And then you just go back to like, what, New York and then deal with all these lawsuits. Mm, I, don't
1: know. I don't know. I'm uh, I'm of two minds. One mind is, is that if Donald Trump does win again, I'm going to buy a house because the, mar- the market's going to plummet. Um, so that could be great for me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is Lacey Mosley's 2021 financial playbook. <laughs>
1: Y'all get with these scams. Okay? Start getting okay. on Redfin
0: and get your eye on some houses, and then figure and get out your how you can commun- buy some damn houses. houses.
1: <laughs> if Donald Trump is president again, y'all go buy a house, okay? Because the market's gonna plummet. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, I I, I just want it's probably very honestly to work as one of Donald Trump's staffers because he's just constantly saying crazy shit so your whole day is just spin, spin, spin. <laughs> like,
0: no, it's would, like ooh. being
1: on scandal in real life. It's like yeah. you're Olivia Pope. They're all wearing big purses and big white coats and white hats. And, like, and, and no I mean but they work wine, for the though. devil.
0: And no red wine because he doesn't No red drink. wine. She loves that wine. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, well, you so, don't need to
1: drink when you have Adderall.
0: No, yeah, he's not at on all. he's on meth. He's on that fucking allergy medication, meth. He loves it. He's loving it. Um, so the thing because of his, you know, he's impetuous. He's impulsive. He has no discipline. He's driven. He's completely, you know, guided by his ego. Uh, you know, the GOP is continuing to semi privately panic over how bad like the president is just doing and just at running for office. Like he's not even doing the good thing about politicking, which is sort of like. Yeah, like, I get that I can't just win with the people that, like, are my ride or die. It's like, I got to trick a couple people to go out with me. So I'll say what I got to say. I'll compliment you on your, what you're wearing, on, like, on your house, on your yard, and maybe you'll you'll consider voting for me. This man is not doing any of that. Like, he's not even doing, the like, the bare sort of minimum. He's just being like, fuck it. Maybe if I just get the, you know, his, like, his hardcore base to come out, that's how he's going to win. And, you know, he forgets that in 2016, like, he... He was able to court some, you know, blue collar Obama voters. That was fifty
3: three percent of white women.
0: (coughs) Yeah, right. Exactly. That's what he turned
1: Pennsylvania red, and Pennsylvania was blue for Obama. He He turned it fucking red.
0: Absolutely, and I think so because of that. I think he's his ego is saying like, look at me, I'm the god MC. They can they. Nobody wants to fucking step to this. And so he's not, has no sort of um, reasonable way of looking at his reelection chances. And when they show him polls, he says they're bullshit, they're fake. He goes and like, and in one tweet, will attack the Reagan family, Fox News, and Paul Ryan. Like, these are like, establishment Republican people you have to remember like yes there are conservatives and then there are like the full-on trumpists who are like no matter how hard he hits the gas on white supremacy like they they will not let go of the vehicle they're like no we're we want we want to hit the wall with you like this is we're in but a lot of people you do end up like, you know, flinging a few people off the car because you're going a little bit too fast for them. And that's mm-hmm. the thing that a lot of um, consultants are worried about. It's like, you don't want to deflate those voters either. You need them energized because that we're looking at a really bad situation. Um and well,
1: here's why i think trump might be on to something mm-hmm. i think that the reason he isn't courting uh voters who are probably on the fence with him right now is because he's counting on the lack of enthusiasm coming from democrats when our candidate is someone that most of us are not excited about we truly think that he's senile we're voting begrudgingly because i told you guys leg 2020 that's why i'm voting right. for joe biden he said i want to sh- we should shoot folks in the in the leg and not the heart and i said i guess i gotta vote for the leg Uh, (laughs) because trump is the heart so leg 2020 it is okay i'm making merch we gotta get excited i'm gonna get y'all some anklets so you can walk (laughs) to the polls but i think he's counting on that lack of enthusiasm to help him kind of even the playing field and i don't guys i know a lot of liberals listen to this podcast y'all We gotta somehow trick ourselves into be excited, like to be like excited about this, because every time the Democrats have had a uh, character, what I keep saying character, Jesus Christ, because he's such a fucking buffoon. (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) every time we've had a candidate that we weren't excited about. Think about John Kerry when we wanted Bush out of office and we were voting for Heinz ketchup, like. We hated him. Like anytime we've had a candidate that we're not like jizzing over, we lose Mm -hmm. because Democrats are all about feeling and sensationalism. And it's like right now we have to be about survival. That used to get us excited. I
0: mean, the only difference is I think Trump's done a hell of a job to despite there being very low enthusiasm for the candidate, there is high enthusiasm for him to be out of office and i think it's it'll be interesting how those are reconciled and how that turns out because one thing that i worry about is more than even the lack of enthusiasm i i i even though there's low numbers for the like candidate enthusiasm i know how a lot of people are also just feel about what this election means not to say that that's the entire voting population but despite that enthusiasm, I think, and the disapproval that people have for this presidency is that all these polls that the media keeps showing people, I think it's going to have the effect of making people complacent on top of being like not enthusiastically like, well, shit, enough people give a fuck to vote this guy out. I mean, he's getting he's losing by double losing by double digits in Texas or in Florida or whatever the state is at, at the day that everyone's like going like, oh, oh, you this you better watch out, Trump. No, 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 fucking no don't right.
1: we're not you, safe. And, and it's fucking it. it's
0: the fourth quarter for everybody everybody's got to pull the and fuck we up. all
1: got to get the fuck in yeah. the game like we and all have to be doing this
3: 100 and th- that that's why i'm saying it like they're already laying the groundwork to contest it based on if there's a second wave of the coronavirus mm-hmm. or if they do that bullshit where they shut down a lot of polling places in typical democratic or minority strongholds then there's yeah. going yep, to be less people voting in person or less people willing to wait in the cold with the global pandemic going on for six, seven hours to vote, and they're going to want to mail in their votes, and then they're going to say Trump won the in-person vote and he only lost because of the fraudulent mail-in votes, and yep. they're, they're laying the groundwork for that bullshit.
1: Damn, Noah. Damn.
0: It's, just, it's, <laughs> oh, it's a lot, but I think that's why it's important to not think there's no way you can take it for granted. Yes, he's objectively the worst president that most people have seen with their two eyes in their lifetime, But that doesn't mean that everybody knows that they have to go and vote. It's just more like it's just more like your brand is weak. That doesn't that's not necessarily mean that's what the vote, the voting results are going to look like. That's just saying right now, the Biden brand is stronger than the Trump brand in those states. That does not mean people get that despite that. You still have to drag every motherfucker you know to the polls and make sure they vote.
1: Everyone you know who's 18 or older needs to be voting. Also, I just want to point this out to liberals who listen to this podcast and millennials, because we used to be on Twitter. Remember, when we were on Twitter during the primaries, like, I'm not a Bernie bro, or I love Warren, or these were our candidates, right? Mm. I went back home to Texas, and my black-ass parents, who were like, my dad's in his 60s, my mom's fifty had a goddamn mike bloomberg sign in my yard
0: and oh, i took wow. that
1: shit out so fast oh I so was your like, parents what are
0: rich oh your parents are rich rich huh B- business they B- 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 democrats <laughs> that's all i know i'm like oh
1: they do got some coins. Yeah. <laughs> you like, what the fuck is this? Take this y'all embarrassing yeah, me. I live got in L.A. It, yeah.
0: You gotta. But the that's end of the when day. I
1: talked to them, and they told me that they didn't trust older white folks to vote for someone who was so liberal. So they were never going to vote for Warren. They were never going to vote for Biden. But we thought on the internet that we were having the conversation that mattered when all the people who were being quiet were the ones who changed the vote. Right, Bi- right, right. Biden <laughs> wasn't even campaigning at the end we he just kind of showed up out of nowhere and was like here I am.
0: <laughs> like wait.
1: Yeah. Uncle Joe, where did you come from?
0: He you know like the, emerged from a bush. <laughs> the one thing that is also just I just want to point to the the sort of level of desperation. I mean the like a lot of the senators, especially, you know, Susan Collins, uh Martha McSally, there's a few people who are like in just it just looks like there's no coming back for some of these uh, Republican women in the Senate. And just in general, like the fundraising, like, you know, it ebbs and flows. But the wording of some of the texts from um, the National Republican Congressional Committee, like they're, you know, the fund, like they get the the campaigns together, raise the money and identify candidates, et cetera. This is like one of the texts they've been sending to uh, prospective donors has read like this. OK, it says. The election is in 100 days. There's no time to waste. Help now or Schumer will take control of the Senate. Chip in $100 for 100 days. Okay, that's fine. That's kind of a little bit like, all right, I Fear get it. mongering. You, a little bit. But how about right. this next one? This came, this, someone just took a screen grab of their phone. That first one came like, at like four, these texts came 48 minutes apart. Then the next one says, we texted you twice. Why did you let your 500% Trump House Patriot match expire again? We'll give you one more chance. 500% match for one hour. Like... Is
1: the GOP drunk texting
3: Yeah, I was going to say, that's like a a thirst DM (laughs) that goes from like, hey, beautiful, to you're not even that fine anyway, bitch. I'm going to let you respond one more (laughs) time.
0: Right, we don't even need you to vote for Trump with your ugly ass. Oh, shit. It's definitely and like a lot of people were pointing to that and the, the way it sort of fell apart, there's this conservative pundit named Kurt Schlichter. He like... He called the tweet out. He's a Republican. He was like, "What's going on with the NRCC? He's like, "This is so desperate. It just looks so weird. It it talks down to people who would donate. This is all wrong." Then the NRCC's Twitter account responded with a GIF offering him a hug, and then one of the people who like runs uh, that like who's affiliated with them, like also like was getting sloppy in the replies. Then the NRCC Twitter re- like quote tweeted him and referred to him as a Karen. They're like, oh, I guess he wants to speak to the manager of this, like, social media campaign. (gasps) Then Tucker Carlson waded into the fight, and then he, quote, tweeted the NRCC tweet and said, why is the NRCC using ethnic slurs? Hilarious. I mean,
3: so sad. It's it's just nonsense.
0: It's just nonsense. They don't. They'll
3: they'll call Karen an ethnic slur before they'll call the China virus an
0: ethnic slur. Right, (laughs) which is, like,
1: definitely a slur. Uh, Uh, But you don't.
0: Oh, Karen is an ethnicity. Okay, just so you it know. It is
1: an ethnicity. But also, I'm so tired of, like, we talked about this yesterday. I was like, white people, stop bothering us. If you, ha- if you hate us, stop bothering us. Like, we say Karen in our in our own homes and in our own lives. Like, we didn't tell you to join. We didn't ask you to join us with right. this. We were like, hey, racist white people, why don't y'all start using off slogans and phrases? Like, get out of here.
3: The please. RNCC is trying to take back the power of the word Yeah, Karen. Exactly.
0: Reclaiming it, you know what I mean?
1: They are reclaiming Karen and they're gonna And they're
3: going to start saying Carrie and take the N off the end. Yeah.
0: Right? Oh, shit. You did it with a hard <laughs> N at music. the end. Yeah. Put it on shirts. You see, like, Laura Ingram and Cornell West having, like, epic debates over <laughs> it.
1: Carrie, please.
0: Uh, Carrie, please, Oh, my okay? God. I can't. I can't. What if I said We're the N-word, Dr. West? What if I said the N-word? I, I would smack you. We oh. truly are. Oh, my are. Carrie's Put your hands in the air.
3: (laughs) Pathetic version of The Matrix.
0: Yeah. And really, like, it. everyone, the joke continues. Like, everything's just bad writing. Like, everything just feels like a bad, rejected, you know, like, uh, pitched bit from a writer's room of, like, a show that no no one wanted to watch.
1: Noah, you're a stand-up. How has comedy been, like, on tour before, obviously, COVID, like, with everything that's happening politically? Like,
3: how? What? I mean, it's, it depends on what kind of comedian you are. Because like, I'm not a political comedian. And mm-hmm. so it didn't really affect my vibe in the room or like my shows. But I will say that when Trump won in 2016, I wasn't surprised as most people because I had been doing so much comedy on the road and touring the Midwest mm-hmm. and the South and these middle of the... like. I saw Trump enthusiasm and Trump support where a lot of people that live on coastal cities were kind of blind to it. Right. Yeah. Um, but that's but what Billy Wayne say, Davis says. Yeah. But like, I will say as a comedian during the Trump presidency, I just got Trump fatigue. And like, even though I was never a political comedian, I wouldn't talk about Trump on stage anyway, just because I was so sick of hearing about him, so sick yeah. of talking about him, that I wanted to give myself and any audience that came to see me a respite from even hearing the name Trump for 15 minutes of my set.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's ugh. We all have to find ways to, especially like when it comes into your like work or your craft, you know what I mean? Like in some way it's like, you don't want to taint that with it being by, by centering it around something that's just so chaotic rather than like using it as a way to express yourself.
3: Right. And for me, it wasn't like, for me, it wasn't about avoiding politics because I didn't want to immediately alienate half my audience. Like I didn't give a fuck about hurting people's feelings or like, you know, I just like, that's just not what I talk about. So there's no reason to start talking about it now.
0: Right. Oh, can you I, ma- can you imagine some some comedians come out of quarantine and suddenly they're doing like some new like woke set woke warrior? Oh no, sets? that's
3: that's one hundred percent happened. I mean, you saw that happen in stand up. Is I have nothing against political comedy, but if that's what you do, do it well. And if that's right, not right. what you do, then let the people who do it well do it. But you saw yeah. so many comedians who aren't political comedians try to become political comedians, and then all of a sudden they just had no jokes in their act. They just went up and yelled right. and complained for their entire set.
0: Yeah, Ugh. and that's what we call the daily zeitgeist. All right, so <laughs> let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. <laughs> and we're back. And um, just quickly, there's a couple things going on in showbiz. Uh, Ellen DeGeneres, uh, it looks like there is a investigation, internal investigation from Warner Brothers... Uh, and a third-party company uh, that are looking into the workplace culture, <sighs> racism, toxicity, rumors that have just basically oh been God. blowing out of L.A. since forever. Um, and you know, to get her. Buzzfeed. You know, they had a story come out I think last week that was talking about all kinds of stuff. You know, talking about the especially from black employees, the racist behavior, microaggressions. There was jokes about mistaking two black female employees with the same hairstyle. There was things about. Uh, someone who was having a mental health issue and like the company was completely just unsympathetic to them. Uh, On top of like when, you know, when the quarantine happened, a lot of the people who used to work on the show did not hear from their employer for a long time in the midst of this pandemic Mm. and then found out like another company was just sort of like doing a little bit of production on the side. There's been a lot going on that I think on top of again, sort of like the open item or whatever you call it, just a known item a news piece that has just been sort of the anecdotal stories in this city or just in the industry about her. So what's also interesting is that they talk about two executive producers like in this article, and some of the executive producers released a statement to BuzzFeed, and this is what they're saying, you know, about what was going on. They said, quote, We are truly heartbroken and sorry to learn that even one person in our production family has had a negative experience. It's not who we are and not who we strive to be and not the mission Ellen has set for us. For the record, the day-to-day responsibility of The Ellen Show is completely on us. We take all of this very seriously, and we realize, as many in the world are learning, that we need to do better, are committed to do better, and we will do better.
1: (laughs) Yo, can I? Okay. I've never done this before because I'm scared of Ellen, but I am gonna tell you guys two anecdotal stories that I've heard from people that I trust that mm-hmm. I like. Don't think we're okay, lying we'll at say all. allegedly,
0: but we'll say allegedly. You know, for allegedly, allegedly these are alleged alleg- allegedly stories.
1: Allegedly, allegedly stories. Uh, allegedly, and <laughs> so allegedly
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, during Christmas, allegedly Ellen allegedly mm-hmm. <laughs> would go into her staff writer's room and give everyone a present, but the presents weren't the same in value. Like, the top present was, allegedly, you get your house redecorated and Ellen pays for it. Like, that's like, you're the best. And then, allegedly, the worst gift was a Starbucks gift card. And if you got the worst gift, allegedly, you also got a lecture about why you are last place and how (laughs) you can improve
0: Unless you're going to get Whoa, fired. that's like some pimp shit.
3: <laughs> yeah, or she was allegedly. watching Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross before yeah, she... Yeah, right.
1: <laughs> Alleg- wow. Which I just thought allegedly. was so, allegedly. like... This is like, you just have fun being... Right. you got to have fun being chaotic evil if you're doing shit like that. Because it's like, this is... Some people are toxic because they have short tempers or because they don't respect people. Yeah. But to have a whole crafted like
0: thing yeah. like that,
1: it's a little sadistic. And then also, allegedly. Allegedly, mm-hmm. I know a allegedly. Uh, musician, allegedly. 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 Right. He may or may not exist. Right. Um,
0: hypothetically. <laughs>
1: and he allegedly, hypothetically wrote music for Ellen and allegedly, hypothetically, um maybe this never happened. Um <laughs> he uh wrote for her during several stand-up specials. She took the music, never paid him for it. Oh. <laughs>
3: Did he do it without a contract? Like, just off the strength, trusting that?
1: I don't think so. I I mean, obviously, the, if there was a contract, it wasn't allegedly, anything allegedly that was, was ironclad. Allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly. But, um, yeah, it, it's crazy because in L.A. especially, people have secretly known about Ellen for forever. But she's so powerful that... If they get the floodgate to open, if they get one person to talk, it's going to be a shit show. It's yeah. like Leah Michelle. I had heard shit about Leah Michelle for years from people who worked very closely with her, who were like, she's evil. And then as soon as one black person had the gumption to say something when she did a faux Black Lives Matter post, the floodgates opened. Yeah. So I'm just like, but we don't want Ellen's floodgates opening because hoochie, it's going to be. Side nice. note.
3: Less important, but nice use of gumption.
0: I love, yeah. I love when you throw that <laughs> word in
3: conversationally.
0: Gumption bones. I know you like words, Noah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, and lastly, I just want to talk because, you know, this, this deals with uh, your, your region of the globe, Noah, and also, Lacey, a place you have a lot of experience, the Hamptons, uh, New York, the Northeast. Uh, not to say you're from the Hamptons, but you, I've I feel like yeah, the New Yorkers say, I, much more I, familiar with region, the Hamptons. Sure.
1: I've lived there. I've lived.
0: there. I know you said so. you've you've done a little. Of, you've worked some events. You had to live out there. You have experiences with mm-hmm. the clientele. Uh, the one time I have ever ed- I had ever been to the Hamptons, it was a wedding for one of my dad's college friends, and he was ma- The his uh, wife was the daughter of an investment banker. And to this day, I have never been in such physical proximity to that kind of wealth and opulence in my entire life. I could not believe what I was seeing. And it got me, they had, they were serving my 17 year old ass like full mugs of Grey Goose. And I was like, you know what? Thank you, Wall Street. One day I would like to be like this too. And therefore I will fight to protect your wealth and make sure you do not pay one cent in taxes because I like what I'm seeing here, y'all. How
3: quickly you got turned out.
0: Oh, yeah. Boomer immediately. 2020. Immediately, yeah. Just boomer. <laughs> just boom, boom. I'm in the room. Um, so in Southampton, is that is this Southampton a nice Hampton? I don't Southampton's know Southampton's
1: is expensive. It's got real estate, celebrities. It's like a very okay, trendier so area of the Hamptons. Like, in and then like, East Hampton's like the old people. Montauk is the really, really young people and the locals. But also there's like fun bars and restaurants there.
0: Thank you okay. for looking that up. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. She <laughs> also sounds like it's like House Hunters, like bougie edition. We're like, you guys are going to love Southampton. <laughs> Um, like Noah and Miles are two comedians, uh, interracial couple just looking to <laughs> put roots down in the northeast. Um, so this whole thing, so they, and it makes sense now that you're saying it's the nice part because opening mm-hmm. for the chain smokers is DJ D. Saul, or as you know him, CEO of Goldman Sachs, David Solomon. This Stop. man, yes, <laughs> he was opening for them, and How also. One of the, the the uh town supervisor of Southampton, Jay Schneiderman, was also an opener. Now, these tickets were very expensive. Like the whole idea was, it was going to be socially distanced. You could drive in. It was like a drive-in concert. Some tickets were going. They were between twelve fifty and twenty five thousand dollars. Okay, for No Kid Hungry Chid- Children's Medical Fund of New York. There was like supposed to be this fun thing, but then just shit just got out of hand even though they tried they said look we've got all these cdc things they said people are going to fill out like a covid survey they'll get a face mask have a temperature taken and they have like there's hand sanitizing stations but the deal was nobody stayed in their car it turned into like a straight up concert with like a ton of people just well, gathered do you think around is gonna each happen
3: other when dj solomon is on the ones and yeah crews?
0: when d Saul is just fucking on the wheels of steel i mean <laughs> lady you already know the appeal also-
1: <laughs> Although there's no group that you can get together that's going to be more dangerous when it comes to a pandemic than rich people. They're the most entitled, selfish people. So they're not going to do any – because, like, you wear a mask to protect other people. They ain't going to do that. Yeah.
0: They're like, they're rich too. They're not sick. That's for poor people. Bye. That's
1: for poor people. (laughs) Yeah.
0: When I think also, too, at a certain point, you do – life shows you to your face that money can actually solve – a multitude of problems for you very quickly so i there's no in a way i'm like i get it yeah too if i grew up like that and my parents never taught taught me the value of work and what money was i'd be like yeah like you're rich you can go to the doctor. like if you don't like your body you can go to the doctor if you don't like your car you buy a new one if you don't so
1: if you do a murder you just call a guy yeah your dad (laughs)
0: just like your dad just like blackmails the chief of police so that's succession
3: end of season one
0: yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 100%. And then you get to like just kind of, you know, blow some steam off in a lovely spa in Iceland. So the thing that, you know, when uh New York state officials including Governor Cuomo and like the, you know, uh the health commissioner of New York saw this, they were aghast. You know, they just could not believe what the fuck they were seeing. Uh, The health commissioner said, I'm at a loss as to how the town of Southampton could have issued such a permit for an event, how they believed it was legal and not an obvious public health threat. So again, I remember I told you the man who is the town supervisor, Jay Schneiderman, he was opening he was participating in it and he also had to respond because when he so he tried to defend himself by saying quote we believe the conditions of the permit were violated no shit and then he goes on to say the organizer was supposed to make sure that people stayed in their square they didn't have enough security i had quest- i had conversations with the organizers making sure they were going to enforce the rules it's unfortunate that they allowed this to happen excuse you sir You are a city official who uh, probably had a hand in even okaying this permit. I just also want to say he goes on to defend himself um, when they were talking about like, yo, but your band played there. What the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) He said that when his band performed, okay, when I was on stage, motherfuckers were following the rules. He said, quote, I stayed for a while, and when I became aware of the VIP area, I told the two security guards from the organizers to stop. Um, So you have to come to the car right now. That's what I said to, to one of the guys in my band. We have to leave.
1: He said, after we finished our set. Yeah, after um, we get the set,
0: yeah, let me take a few pictures backstage, then we gotta go. The f- yeah, once I hear I took somebody. I pictures,
1: shook a few hands, played a game of suck and blow, yeah, and then I left.
0: Uh, <laughs> but this whole thing, like, it's just everybody, like, even the people in the municipality are involved in fucking up. But, oh boy, it's so a 1%er Coachella. You love to see it. But I don't, I can only look, they didn't get their Coachella.
3: Part? You know, when, mm-hmm. like, your boss. Pressures you to come to an event that they're doing in their personal life. Oh. Imagine these Golden Goldman Sachs employees that were like, oh, by the way, you gotta drop 25 grand on a ticket on oh, DJ this weekend. Can you imagine <laughs> like the 24-year-old traders at the trading desk at yeah. Goldman spend, <laughs> spending their, money. their bonuses to go see DJ D Saul? They're like Also, uh, I fully blame
1: the- COVID. Cause this guy was probably like, fuck it. I should, I gotta seize the day and become a DJ. <laughs> This is probably his first DJing event. That's how fucking rich he is. He's like, I don't know. I'll open for the chain yeah. smokers. I'll He's make like, it happen.
0: Right. He's like, I got Dead Mouse to give me lessons. I paid him in <laughs> cocaine. It's just like, wow. Bless them all. Uh, it shows you, really, again, this is why we aspire to protect the wealth of billionaires so that we may one day completely act recklessly and foolishly in the midst of a pandemic. Uh, and then put for sure. people who actually had to work to survive at risk with our recklessness it's all just a vicious cycle you hate to see it or maybe you do uh either way Noah, it's been fantastic having you on the show today always uh, thank pleasure. you for stopping by man always always love hearing from you always good to talk to you um what is you know let people know where they can find you follow you you know listen to some of your comedy and let let us know a tweet that you've been liking
3: Uh, So they can follow me at my website, Noah G Comedy or on Instagram at Noah G Comedy. They cannot follow me on Twitter. And I do not have a tweet that I like because I got off Twitter two weeks ago and I feel so much better and happier and healthier healthier for it. Fuck Twitter. You got you off the come. island. But I, I do know that the Daily Zeitgeist guys uh listeners are active on Twitter. They used to show a little bit of love and a lot of hate after every time that I came on. So they can come and DM me on Instagram anytime at Noah G
0: Comedy. Boom. Yeah, it's true. I'm like I I've slowly and slowly used it less and less and less. I just I can't I realize how much it affects my mental well right. being by being on there. More than like a ses- it used to be fun full of hatred. Yeah. It used to be fun. And now I'm like, you know what? I don't need to inform myself like the stuff that like, because granted, there are things that happen on Twitter that a lot of the mainstream media won't get covered. But sure. I have other ways of interacting with those stories that get that I don't have to log into Twitter and then go down a rabbit hole of watching, you know, Karen's going off down in Australia. I see like gang down there. They've been sending me a few links of Aussie Karens. They're pretty My intense, geez. mate. They're like you fuckwit. They're so fucking. Mm. It. I mean, whew. we just need a Karen <laughs> you Olympics. Do a, you do a really good Australian accent. <laughs> I watched. You do. I watched a lot of TV by myself uh, as a child, and would like to dial in accents as a way to entertain myself. Uh, Lacey, hello. Yes. Where can people Hi. find you? Follow you? Listen to you? Support you? Uh, and even tell put people onto a tweet that you like.
1: Guys, uh, you can follow me as always at D I V A L A C I, Diva Lacy, on all platforms. And if you like scams, robberies, cons, frauds, you can listen to my podcast, Scam Goddess. And then a tweet that I have been liking. So this is a tweet that I'm enjoying. It's not actually like a written tweet. It's like a news article from the New York Post about teens who have been dressing up as masked grandmas to score alcohol. Yes.
0: <laughs> it was happening like all over, right? In Europe and like Australia and sometime in the US too.
1: Yes. Uh, and this, of course it's Gen Z. And then here's one of my own tweets about Gen Z that I, this is pointedly directed at my sister who Mariska today saved her life. Um. <laughs> I said, I love that Gen Z talks shit about Millennials' economic progress like they aren't about to pay hundred k for Zoom University.
0: Oh yeah, I, I shouted that tweet out last week of yours when you weren't on the show. Oh, you did. I was clocking that oh. tweet. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. True, okay. Though. Well, that's
1: recycled. The joke's on you. Gen
0: Z. Yeah. You're like, come, oh, you didn't get, get drunk with in the a building. Team. You didn't get drunk in a dorm. You never, oh, you never been on campus. <laughs> <laughs> at least get with my the
1: winning team, huh?
0: Yeah. At least my debilitating <laughs> educational bill came with some experiences that involved human contact. Hmm. Right. But it's funny, at there, least we
1: got to get drunk.
0: There were also <laughs> ones though too that were comparing ones where like grandparents would be like, yeah, and I had to walk in six feet of snow, and they're like, it was 2020 and it was a motherfucking pandemic. Like, what the fuck you talking about? No snow. So yeah, they might they might have a little bit of a heat they can bring to their kids too. Uh, okay, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Miles of Gray. Also my other podcast, 420 Day Fiance, where we talk about 90 Day Fiance, uh, Sophia Alexander and I. So check that out. Keep the laughs going. Promise you, there's no politics in that one. Um, and let's see, the tweet that I like, a couple. First one is from at Tawny Newsom at Tawny Newman. She says, very proud of the black people in my life, actively re- uh, resisting, refusing opportunities aimed at harvesting our knowledge and experience for free. Be wary of folks wanting to, quote, add your voice, which means make their brand appear diverse, or, quote, hear your thoughts, which means profit from your lived experience. Uh, yeah, that's always, we always got to have our head on a swivel. but yes, uh, shout out to everybody who's able to at least... Turn down those opportunities because sometimes surviving takes precedent. Uh, next tweet is from uh, Solomon Giorgio. Uh, at Solomon Giorgio, he says, I practice coming out to my parents on my baby niece. If this sounds cute and endearing, please understand that I was screaming, I'm gay and you can't stop me, at a 16, <laughs> at a 16-month-old baby. <laughs>
3: Solomon's funny, man. He's so funny. Solomon's hilarious. Uh, And
0: you can't stop me. (laughs) And a baby. Uh, You can find us at Daily Zeitgeist on Twitter, at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We got a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes every day. Thank you. Uh, and today, the song we're going to write out on is from Texas's very own Cruong Bin. I just love their whole trippy beach vibes. They just always uh, take me to another place. Uh, Laura's bass playing. I love her bass playing. I love her bass tone. This track is called Pelota, and it's just got the fantastic Latin vibes to it. Um, and, you know, they're just, again, just close your eyes and take a vacation inside your own home to this track. And other than that, The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio for more podcast and this one check out the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts until then check us later talk about some trends and we'll see y'all tomorrow peace and blessings love Bye bye